The Daily Tap is live for Saturday, a special edition Bucks recap, Game 3, the Milwaukee Bucks Show Championship Resolve. We'll talk about that and not much more. Um, that will be the podcast. It'll probably be, I don't know, somewhere from 10 to 20 minutes. We'll talk about the Bucks, and then we'll ride out of here, and we'll see you on Monday. Milwaukee Bucks played so well tonight. I am a long believer that the first quarter does not matter. I've said that a lot of places. I've said that on Twitter. I've said that here on the podcast. I've said that to friends who don't listen, who like, they act like they listen, but they don't listen. And I'm like, all right, first quarter doesn't matter. And I, I, I'm steadfast in this, that a lot of times that first quarters do not have that much of an impact on the game. Tonight was a different night. Tonight was basically what I expected to happen in game two. The Milwaukee Bucks absolutely laid the sledgehammer down. They took out what Triple H usually does and laid that sledgehammer right to the knees of the Chicago Bulls. The Bucks were so good from start to finish tonight. The Milwaukee Bucks played like a team possessed. They played like a team that did not want to get bitched again. And that's what we saw from start to finish. I was so impressed with the effort tonight. I thought the Bucks were a team that basically looked like they were ready to win a championship again. And the light came on. And we talked about how the Bucks woke up late. We discussed that on the reviews. I'm sure we discussed it on the podcast, but definitely discussed it on the reviews. How the Bucks kind of did not come to life until very late in that game too. And they were coasting. And they finally said, all right, enough of this bullshit. We're going to bury Chicago into the ground. It was a great Mike Budenholzer game. I think he deserves a ton of credit for the Bobby Portis addition to the starting lineup. I thought a lot of us... We're like, hey, it's going to be Grayson Allen. It's going to be Pat Conton. Turns out it was Bobby, and it really screwed with what Chicago was doing. Bobby was excellent tonight. 18 points, 16 rebounds. He had a fantastic basketball game. And Bobby being in the starting rotation was definitely a good, good add. And that's something that I will imagine we see again on Sunday. And Mitch nailed it. Like, if you listen to our podcast that Mitch and I did... On Friday, it was basically like Mitch nailed it. I mean, I I know I've repeated myself here, but Mitch was all over the fact that they should try with Bobby in the starting rotation, and it really worked out. Bud put the screws on tonight. I thought Billy Donovan outcoached Bud in game one and game two, and then this one was Bud's masterpiece, and Bud basically figured out what he needed to do to beat this Bulls team without Chris Middleton. It was almost like Chris Middleton being out made Bud work harder, where Bud was like, all right, we need to kind of tone in on what what exactly is needed for this game, and they did just that. I thought Drew Holiday basically kind of coming to life in this one was a really good sign. Drew Holiday struggled in the first two games. There was some Drew Bledsoe talk. I saw it. I saw people on Twitter saying that. Drew had 16 points on 14 shots. I know that's not great. He also had six assists. He had six rebounds. He did not was not great from three, one of five. But still, I think this is a good enough Drew Holiday game. 30 minutes played. He did not exactly tax himself in this one. 
And I think we got what we needed out of Drew Holiday. He also had a, a steal. He was a pest on defense with DeMar DeRozan or Caruso or anybody else. Caruso couldn't guard Drew Holiday. I hope everybody realizes that. I know Caruso put the clamps on Chris Middleton. But as I said yesterday, he couldn't keep up with Drew Holiday. He just couldn't. Drew Holiday took him off the dribble early on. And that's all, all we needed to know. I, I thought this was a very, very good one from Drew Holiday. The Bucks bench, I mean, Grayson Allen, 22 points. Pat Connaughton had 11. More in the second, more in the garbage time for Pat Connaughton. But Grayson Allen with 22 points, man. He also had six, six rebounds in this one. Five threes. Ultimate villain. He loves the booze. He loves that attention. He loves hearing everybody go at his throat. I didn't really hear it as much because I was at a bar. And so I, I didn't necessarily hear all of the Grayson Allen slander from the Bulls fans. But he obviously fed off it. Uh, Brooke Lopez booed him after the first three he made, which was hilarious. Um, they've fed right into it. And Grayson Allen was incredible in this game. And you're going to need more of that. And you're going to need Grayson Allen to get going in... I'm not saying he's going to score 20 a game, but you're going to need at least those bench moments. So whether it's Javon Carter, whether it's Pat Connaughton, whether it's Grayson Allen, those are great. Maybe even Serge Ibaka, who knows. Um, and I, I want to say credit to Pat. Like Pat got himself going in the fourth quarter when his game was garbage time. And usually with garbage time, you're kind of like, okay, does this matter? Does it not? And I think it's important that Pat kind of took it to the lane a little bit. I thought that Pat made a shot there. Like, I think that's good stuff. I think you need that from Pat Connaughton going forward because at some point his three-point shooting is going to be needed off the bench. And it might not be this series. It might not be Boston. It might not be Miami. It could be the finals. But at some point you're going to need Pat Connaughton to be good. And Pat Connaughton struggled. He still kind of struggled in this game. I mean, he was 3 of 8 overall. I think that brings him up to, let's see, he had two, two main baskets on like 13 attempts. So you add that in. Pat Connaughton now at like 4 or 5 of 21. So again, he's not at a good playoffs, but that's okay. It's, it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. I'm not worried about Pat Connaughton in any way. I love the fact the Bucks were able to get some rest. I know Giannis only had 18 points tonight, but I'm not sweating that at all. I think no, no one should be. Uh, Giannis was able to just kind of play his game, make sure everybody else sort of was involved, and his, his sort of workload was not needed. And that is so important to what Giannis is going to do, and that there are going to be nights where you don't, you don't basically have it from Giannis, and you're going to need other guys to step up. This wasn't necessarily a night where Giannis didn't quote-unquote have it. It was just more of a night where Giannis was like, all right, I'm going to basically play second fiddle. I'm going to let everybody do do what they got to do, and I'm just going to kind of be an auxiliary tool. And he sensed that from the start, and he didn't really need to contribute in the ways that usually you get from Antetokounmpo. He also had some bullshit fouls called against him, but that's here nor there. Other than all of what we talk, oh, I did want to also mention before we ride out of here. I know I have, well, I have a couple of things before we ride out of here. Luca Vildosa, the Argentinian, uh, he had three points. He also had three assists. His three assists were the most electric assists I've ever seen in my life. Bucks might have something there. I don't think Luca can play in an actual like 
intense NBA game, but there is something there with Luka. Like, he he might actually be a dude. I'm not I'm not ready to be like, all right, this guy's going to be a, a sixth man of the year next year. But I think Luka could be a guy. And he, he showed some shit. I wouldn't be surprised with how well he played in that eight-minute period. I would not be surprised if Bud throws him out there. Kind of the Elijah Bryant, same sort of shit. Just throws him out there, see what happens. I, I would not at all. Uh, also, too, before we wrap up, the Broadhouse, man, fuck. Just, it's, it is it is magic. And it, it has been for a lot, lot of moments. We went upstairs tonight. I actually don't think they're not there. Even their outdoor was open because obviously the weather is terrible. Um, but we were upstairs. Uh, Tim Cat was there. Our guy, Tim, who was with us for the whole run, he asked where we were on Wednesday, which warmed my heart. I'm like, we are a Thursday to Sunday operation. Then I found out like none of my friends are going to be there on Sunday. So I'm like, do I go alone? What do I do? Like I, I am in, I wouldn't say I'm in crisis mode, but it's always kind of a bummer when your friends are like, oh yeah, we're not on board here. And like, I like, credit, like here's the thing. A couple of them are, they got life events going on. A couple of them are golfing. A couple of them are not in the area like other of them have kids like i i can't expect everybody to be to drop sort of everything they're doing and come hang out with me at the broad house but this is an open call if someone wants to hang out with me at the broad house on sunday i will be there with you we can hang out we'll have bloodies we'll have a great time we'll watch basketball but right now i i don't really want to glansburg it i don't want to go solo if i if i'm gonna glansburg it i might as well just fucking hang out at home right? I'm not going to necessarily make a bloody at home, but I will still hang out at home. Bloodies are one of those things you don't really make at home. There's not a lot of people who do homemade bloodies because you need your toppings. And if you're just going to drink tomato juice and vodka, that's kind of psychotic. Like, right? You're not going to just make a homemade bloody at home. Like if anything, you're going to find like a good breakfast beer, maybe like a breakfast stout or uh, like a orange-ish beer, like so kind of like a beer mosa, if you will, or maybe you'll do a mimosa, maybe you're a little fancy, or I, I don't know, I'm trying to think of other things. Like you're not going to necessarily start out, well, a screwdriver would be another one. I hate screwdrivers. I think screwdrivers are gross. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not necessarily going to go bloody at home, but if I have to, have to have a few bevies at home, we'll do that in the second half. Definitely a second half move with the game being at noon. It's tough that the game's at noon because I think if the game's at two thirty, I could convince some people to go out. But that's that's here in Ordak. Um, but yeah, I, I not really worried too much about Game Four. I think the Bucks have their plan in place. I'm not sure how Chicago responds to this. I don't. I like this is one of those games where your soul was taken, and all of the shit said about the Bulls after Game Two looks really foolish. And you looked at what shot quality had provided. I thought that was a great thing that my guy Shafty put into my timeline where it was like, if if everything worked out the way it should, the Bucks should have won 121 to 105. And the Bulls ended up pulling out a win and it was fraudulent. And sure enough, that is exactly what happened. And the Milwaukee Bucks laid the smackdown. And I would expect a closer game on Sunday. I really will. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a 30-point blowout, but I still think, obviously, the Bucks are going to come out on top. 
the other kind of last couple things before we we bounce out of here. I'm and please let me know. Can I can I also get a, a heat check here on how how slurred I sound? Because if if I sound too slurred and you're like God, you sounded like a drunk. Um, I won't do these again. But if you're like, yeah, you sound all right, I'll, I'll do these again for you when I'm not incoherent. I tried to do one after uh, Devontae Adams got traded, and I listened to how I sounded, and it sounded like it was bad. It was really bad. And it's not as bad as it is today, so I, I was okay with that. I aggregated Bill Simmons, unfortunately. <laughs> I did. I, I feel bad. I didn't realize it had that many likes. And then I'm like, fuck. You have like 50 likes and I don't know, like four or five retweets. On a tweet where I was like, I, it was a quote. It was like, Chicago has three of the, of the best five players uh, of this series. And I said, what fucking planet am I on? And I should have included that it was post-Middleton. I didn't include it in the tweet. So again, I aggregated Bill. I know he's going to be mad about it. He probably won't see it. but And I wanted to tweet him. He was tweeting about Wander Franco, who uh, is a Tampa Bay shortstop, like going to be an MVP at some point. It was like, he's terrifying, whatever. Tweeting about the fucking Red Sox. And I'm like, you fuck. I actually am going to probably listen to the Gambler Rain. Gambler. Or, that was that was the first real bad slur on the Ringer Gambling Show. I'm going to probably listen to that. See what he said about tonight's game because I'm a fucking masochist, and see see what happened because he was a and sucked. I I love Bill like Bill is my idol like I look up to Bill more than really anybody in sports media. I would love to like hang out with him. Just I have so many like questions. I'm sure he would tell me I do so many things wrong, but I I really 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 do respect him. So, like, I wasn't trying to necessarily aggravate him. It was just a ridiculous comment. And I know, like, he's full Celtics homer. Even though he says he's not homer, he's he's definitely homering it right now with the Celtics, which is okay. You can be excited about your team. I love the fact that this guy's a fan. Like, that, that matters. But I feel bad that I aggregated him without the context of it was after Chris Middleton's injury. It was wildly inaccurate. He also called... Brooke Lopez, a poor man's vooch, which was, again, a ridiculous comment. But that's, you know, it is what it is, man. Uh, but yeah, Broadhouse, fun. Hopefully back on Sunday. We'll see. If not, that's okay. We'll do a live pod after. Um, it won't go up right away after. It'll be more of a um, after the Brewers play and then whatever else happens on the weekend. So it'll probably go up. Six o'clock, I'd say. Best case scenario, as long as nothing nothing goes or I have to look at a house, um, I think that'll be all right. So with the podcast up and ready to go. Also, too, real quick aside, I looked at a house today, um, and it was in Brookfield. It was nice. I, re- I actually really liked it. it. It didn't have everything. Like, it didn't check all the boxes, all right? Like, the wife was not, like, fully on board with it. But the basement had a full fucking bar. Like a full bar. Like had a wet bar. Had like a fridge. Had a TV. Had stools. They had a red dog sign. Like I am not kidding you guys. Like that was my fucking dream. Like I basically could have had a broad house for myself. I would have people over every fucking night. And we would just. Maybe not every night. 
let's, let's take it easy. But seriously, like, it was so cool. Oh, God. I'm so jealous of the guy that's going to get that bar. I swear to God, if, if somebody gets that and they're not a sports fan, I'm going to be just fucking livid. Absolutely. There's no way you can have that bar and not be a sports fan. Just you have to. I don't know. I if you if you aren't I I disavow. But anyways, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, not tomorrow. Well, we'll be back Monday. We'll recap the game on Sunday. We'll talk Brewers. Tough loss tonight. Hopefully they can rebound on Saturday and Sunday. And anything else that comes across the wire over the weekend. All right, take care. Hope you guys enjoyed. Bye.